everybody, and welcome to Baseball Live and in Color. This is David, your solo dolo host for the day. Um, my partners in crime, Ryan and Larry, uh, had commitments this week, so couldn't make it. So I'm going to go out this alone and give it a try, see how it goes. I uh, hope everyone's doing well. I uh, had, a, had, a, had a fun weekend um, uh, this past weekend. I took my son in a stage number two, trying to see if I can get him to a, a larger sporting event, to a, a college baseball game. Uh, this weekend he did pretty well. We stayed for about three innings. Uh, really, really enjoyable. Hadn't been to a baseball game in person in a, in a bit, so we're looking forward to getting to a Dodger game sometime soon. Um, also, uh, went out on a on a, a nice nice sunny day and and did one of those like uh, cycling events where you uh, people families are riding around. Um, kids are there. Uh, there's a stretch of road closed off. Um, it was a good time, but I also ended up walking five and a half miles, uh, pushing my son majority of the way on his bike because he hasn't quite figured out that game yet. Um, so that was uh, that was interesting. I think I, I hurt my good knee this time, so uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, but anyways, uh, this should be a little bit of a shorter episode. I'm going to dive a little bit into the, uh, the the top performers, top baseball players, uh, black baseball players of the week, and then uh, dig a little bit into the moments of baseball. So let's get this kicked off. So who are the top players of this week? Um, I definitely wanted to talk about. Aaron Judge, he's on a he's on a, a huge streak right now. He's he's doing extremely well. He's hitting a lot of home runs. Um, he had three twenty over the last week with a three home runs, eight RBIs, and seven runs. Um, Byron Buxton continues to kill it. Um, he's he's hitting over three hundred th- this last week. Uh, again, also three home runs, seven RBIs. Um, he's just hitting 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 uh, balls out of the park every other day, hitting moonshots. So um, he he I, I'd say he's definitely the the possibly the most consistent player. Um, out of the the black black baseball players in the MLB this year so far, um, JP Crawford also considered continues to be hot. You know, not only um, great on the defensive side, but he's having a career year so far. He's actually hitting uh, close to like 385, so an, an average you just don't see anymore um, in this day and age of baseball. And a really high, really solid on base percentage um, uh, in general. So he's you know he, not only is hitting 385 over the last week, he's hitting 385 for the season. So that's pretty that's pretty amazing. Um, and then who else? Tommy Pham's doing pretty well this week. He hit over 400, had nine hits this last week, um, for the Reds, uh, previously a, a Padres player. And then Tim Anderson is just having an all around solid year as usual. Um, continues to kill it, continues to be a huge, um, uh, has a have huge impact on the, on the White Sox season. Um, and he's been one of the most consistent players in terms of, uh, black MLB players, I'd say over the last like five to 10 years. So it's, it's great to see him doing well and continue to, to, to carry the torch for the, for the great set of come before him. So that's it for the top players of the week. Let's talk a little bit about the, the key moments, stuff that really stuck out to me. So one of the big ones was the, the Mets had a combined no-no. Um, three pitchers uh, came in the game um, and, and no hit the Phillies, which is really interesting. You, you got to remember that, that that almost happened last week as well with the Washington Nationals. I believe it was when they they uh, had the had the no hitter through nine innings actually and lost it in the tenth, and then came back to win after that. And then the Mets kind of followed through with it and actually did it this week. So that's been kind of interesting to see, um, you know, two two teams doing it by committee, uh, getting no hitter out there, which is you know for, for for better or worse, you know sometimes those aren't the most interesting games, but it's also great to see kind of perfection um, in that realm. Another huge moment was one of, another historic moment like Miggy last week. Um, more on the Dodgers side, though, this week with Clayton Kershaw becoming the all-time strikeout leader for the Dodgers, passing Don Sutton. I think it was something like 20, 2,600 uh, strikeouts, 
which is, is pretty amazing. And I think something you're not going to see a lot um, anymore in the future, a guy being with a team for so long and able to uh, touch these records with just everything uh, going on in the sport. Um, recently, people switching teams a lot more, um, you know, uh, players, the, the, the durability of players being able to last for, for such a long time uh, in, in sports in general. It's just great to see those moments um, pop up. Uh, another big thing, which is, it's, it's really interesting to see, see this develop right now. There, there's a, there's a problem with the baseballs in baseball. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, the, a lot of pitchers, I think it, it kind of really kicked off, um, became a, uh, uh, talked about issue when Chris Bassett of the Mets, um, said the baseballs suck. Um, there's a problem with them. He said that they're, they're they suck in the sense that they're, they're inconsistent. They, they, they're not the same. He said, you can get certain balls that are one, one way, pretty good at one inning, the next inning, they suck the next inning they're good. And it's causing a lot of control issues. So, you know, that, that, that's one of the things where, um, the Mets were just, you know, I believe the Mets were just getting hit a lot. They're, they're getting pissed off as living a lot of like bench clearing brawls, things like that. Um, you know, uh, balls are dying before they're going out. Like, yeah, I, I think I remember, uh, you know, a couple, couple of players over the last week, they're, they're hitting balls and they're hitting them solid. And, you know, they, 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 they it's one of those things where you expect these to go out and they just kind of fall short at the warning track. Everyone kind of looks at each other puzzled and they don't get it. So, you know, specifically Chris Bass was saying the MLB doesn't care. They changed it. You know, they, they um, introduced that uh, substance thing where the, the refs are checking, the umps are checking out the, uh, the pitcher's hands or their hats in between innings or when asked to, um, they, they put an official rosin bag behind the mound this year to kind of help with control. So, you know, I, it, this seems like a, a lot of people are complaining about it and they're going to need to address it at some point or it, it might kind of just define the season and not in a good way. What else do we have? We have uh, Chris Pache of the Oakland A's had a really cool moment. A fan asked, I think it was, uh, if he got a certain amount of singles, little little kid, little league, you know, uh, could he get to meet him at the game? And, you know, Chris immediately reached out, um, had the kid come to the game, met his family, just like a real all good moment, went viral, something that the the sport needs to continue to uh, continue to grow, continue to get into the news, continue to get into social media, continue to get exposure and in and, and the right ways. Um, the the Yanks are hot right now. So are the Blue Jays, um, I think the Yanks, they're, they're on 10 straight at the moment. I'm not sure where they'll be by the time this podcast comes out. Um, so it, it's really interesting. I think there was another, another thing where I think the, the West coast teams for the first time possibly ever in a long time, they're, they're all in first place. So the Yanks, the, uh, the Mets, the, the, the angels and the Dodgers, um, all in first place in their respective divisions. So that, that's, that's a pretty interesting, um, thing to come out there. And our boy jazz Chisholm, um, the man he's on the jazz again, he he's out here, um, you know, I, I like, I just love his energy. I really think the MLB needs, needs to get behind this guy and, and push him and, and get him out there. Cause he's a face that you kind of love him or hate him. You're going to want to watch him cause he's exciting. You know, he's coming up to the plate, getting, um, intentionally walked without getting intentionally walked where they're just not throwing him anything to hit, um, because they're kind of a uh, scared, scared of what he's going to do with it. You know, and he says, you know, they don't, they don't want any of this. They don't want any of me. He's, he's talking trash saying he's going to hit a home run off the the pitcher that was uh, traded for him um, from the Arizona uh, Diamondbacks. And the guy's kind of coming back at him after he kind of shut him out in the game. And, you know, and he's doing great things on the, on the bases too. He, he, uh, he was on uh, second base and um, someone on his team got a hit. They threw it over to first base, weren't paying attention. And this dude just catching people off guard, scoring, making a moment. You know, um, he, he has the look, he speaks well, he's got a lot of energy. 
There's a cool vibe about him. You know, they really need to push this guy. Um, and just any star like him that can get get the attention of folks and, and get people behind him and have that energy, have that swag, you know, that um, will really will really attract uh, the younger generation uh, to the sport and get people watching, like I said, whether they like him or not. So I think th- those are the big moments. Th- those are those things that really caught my eye this week. Um, and now, you know, I want, I want to dig into a little bit of a, not, not, not a serious topic, but something I talked about last week. I, I want to talk about what, what has baseball done so far to help to address some of the problems of the participation of black Americans, especially the youth in the sport, kind of get more exposure to them throughout and, and really try to push the, push the sport forward, kind of get, get more of a black fan base, you know, and, and specifically a lot of these organizations have been tasked with focusing on the, the problem with the youth participation uh, that I talked about and kind of mentorship around. So, you know, I'll, I'll start with just a couple of key hires that have been interesting over the last couple of years. So um, I think it was in 2018, 2019, Ken Griffey Jr., one of the best to ever do it. My, my favorite um, modern day baseball player, one of the dudes that I admired growing up. He was hired to be a senior advisor to the, the commissioner, essentially really focusing on like uh, diversity and inclusion, um, promoting the sport. You know, I think one of the things Griff was talking about was like, let these guys play, let these guys show emotion. The, the, the things that me, Ryan and um, Larry have been talking about over the last few weeks, you know, it's, it's, so it's, it's great to see him come in there. He's, he was one of the more, I think more notable baseball athletes ever in the, in the fact that more casual, casual fans, the general pop uh, knew who Ken Griffey Jr. was. So it's kind of good to get him in there. And then CC Sabathia, one of the, you know, again, future hall of famer, Cy Young award winner, 20 game winner playing for the Yanks. You know, the, the, the Dodgers could have had him, but they didn't get him um, for whatever reason back in the day when he wanted to come there before he went to the Yankees. Um, and he's been a big proponent of this specific topic. Uh, he's, he's been very involved in it. He was, again, he was also hired as a special assistant, kind of really to focus on the same thing. And I'll talk about the, the group that he's involved with. And I think one of the reasons that the MLB wanted to bring him in, uh, the players lie. And so I'll talk about that in a little bit, but you know, this dude, he has uh, uh, a podcast going out there. I think it's, um, it's like a RCDC, something of that sort. Really, really good podcast. And he, he brings topics up like this once, once in a while. Um, Make sure to bring in some of the better uh, black athletes that are that are out there in baseball, um, and really push this push this aspect of it. Um, was very much so involved in the 75th anniversary to Jackie Robinson being at the events, helping to push things out. So, you know, those were a couple of great hires that I really, really was uh, uh, happy to see over the last uh, couple of years. Kind of um, showing that the MLB is starting to really understand that. You know, granted, they probably known this is an issue for a while and just didn't think it was that big of an issue. They're understanding that they need to really pay attention to this at this point, or it's really going to blow up and kind of uh, turn into something they don't want it to be. So now I'll move on to what I talked about, the uh, organization associated with CC Sabathia. And I think, you know, the, the one to me that's going to make the one of the bigger impacts um, in this area is the Players Alliance. Um, it's been around for a couple of years. Last year, I believe it was at the All-Star Game, the MLB announced that they were going to donate uh, $150 million with a, a million dollars to this organization over the next 10 years to help support programs associated with increasing participation, black Americans, mentorship, uh, professional baseball development, anything you could think of to, to really help push this forward. You know, it's a great organization. It, it, it's, uh, it's run by, um, you know, the president's uh, Curtis Granderson, you know, Great, great baseball players around, I think, in the league for about 10 to 15 years, uh, a lot with the the Tigers uh, and the Yankees, uh, moved around a little bit after that. CC is the um, 
the VP uh, of the group. And, you know, obviously I just talked about his, his great accolades um, uh, being a part of it. And, and another one, Edwin Jackson, who he's a, the secretary um, on the board of directors. He was a 17 year um, MOB pitcher, uh, moved around quite a bit, but had, you know, that, being in the league for 17 years, I mean, you're, you're, you're doing a lot right. So these uh, a lot, a lot of great people running it and just kind of to, to give you an idea of uh, the, the makeup of the people there, there's 150 current and former MLB players there. They've already donated $41.7 million to black communities uh, across the United States. Uh, the players that I talked about, those 150 have a, a combined 76 all-star game appearances among current and former players. And that 150 is current and former and 3.5 billion with a B this time and player contract value. You know, and we're talking about building wealth and we're talking about there, there's a lot of opportunity to make money in this sport. Maybe it's a little bit of a longer runway to get into it, but you know, that kind of shows you what that is right there. And you know, when, what are they focused on their, for their, their, their missions to build equitable systems in order to change the trajectory of diversity throughout, you know, they're, they're dedicated to, they're dedicating their personal time. This uh, uh, nonprofit organization and energy to building Building the game up um, and, and getting more participation and having a stronger future for it for 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 Black Americans, um, and you know they have the support of like the like I said a lot of great players, not just Black players, a lot of other players have participated from from all colors, which is great, and supported the their their Black teammates um, in pushing this forward because they know it's such an important important initiative, you know, and and they want to do a lot of initiatives that not only kind of focus on that but just celebrate Black baseball history and culture give educational grants that help people maybe that they can't afford to get to college. You know, some of these baseball programs, you know, foot, football and basketball are largely going to fund a majority of college sports at any school you go to. So some of the other sports, they kind of have to, they have to spread the, the, the remainder of the scholarships around. And sometimes that means partial scholarships. So, you know, being able to give, uh, you know, educational grants to people who are doing well to give them that extra boost and that opportunity there. And then also this, this group really focused on a lot of community service. So they went around a lot during COVID not only talking to players, but passing out food and uh, giving advice, just showing support during a very hard time, you know, and their, their vision. And, you know, I'm reading an awful, awful lot of stuff here because I want to make sure to capture everything is they, they seek equal opportunity in our game for the black community at every level from the field to the front office. So we're not just talking players, but also the back, the, the front office where they're making the decisions on players to combat racial prejudice and ensure a future for a sport that provides a level playing field for all, which I think is you know, absolutely amazing. And kind of the, the core values are diversity, integrity, transformation, meaning like engaging the, the black community in all aspects of the game, sharing personal stories um, and investing in the communities beyond baseball. Like I said, equity, making sure to represent the black voice in baseball and standing for equality in the game. And then excellence, challenging ourselves to partner, learn, listen, create programs, opportunities, events at the highest level for, for, for maximum excitement and impact. So you know, I think that's absolutely amazing. And what are some of the things that they've done that, that I think are great? They, they did something called Amplified, um, which is where an event series focused on creating equity for smaller community groups and businesses. They launched it at the All-Star Game in Denver at a Black-owned business that had been a stable of the community um, for, for quite a long time and just had a great conversation moderated by um, Harold Reynolds, you know, another guy that played in a Black athlete, played in the MLB for quite a long time. Um, had a, a six person panel, just kind of had an open dialogue about the, the issues that not only are affecting um, black participation in baseball, black fandom, but just the, those that are affecting the black community. And it was around the time, obviously, of the, the, 
George Floyd murder and, you know, the protests um, around the country and where it was a, a topic you just, you just flat out couldn't avoid. So I think that something like that is amazing. You know, that all-star clinic uh, around the same time, you know, something that I'm sure they're going to plan on doing again this year, giving uh, youth players just exposure to such great players um, that, that they can look up to that are your current and former players. And it, it set up a, a series of events where they go around in different communities around the U S which is, I think, one of the more amazing ones. And it was called the Pull-Up Tour. I love that. I love that title. They, they partnered with Pull-Up Neighbor. It's a Black-owned community response uh, team that aided in efforts of all these players. They had, like I said, 150 players involved. They served 20,000 neighbors uh, in, these, in these cities, in 33 cities across the United States. And a really awesome thing is they passed out a million dollars worth of baseball equipment to you know younger Black and Brown kids throughout the community who – didn't necessarily have access to stuff like that. Cause you know, baseball equipment's extremely expensive. You know, it, it kind of gives another reason for not going out and, and participating in the sport. So being able to do that is, is, is absolutely amazing. You know, and I watched some of the videos, saw the happy face on these kids, you know, and it was just some, some a great thing that really needs to be promoted that, that I really liked. And that was one of the better things they've done. I think they're going to continue to do that. And, and they're also looking at um, mentorship, which, which is great. And it's a, uh, Programs that it's essentially build and nurture relationships to foster the biggest possible futures for black baseball players at every level from the introduction of the game as uh, a youth through high school and college and even some um, all the way up to the MLB draft and, and, and big league debut. So they're, they're essentially just helping these people, you know, not, not, not only get into the sport, but once they get into the sport, how to navigate it because they've been there before, what to look out for, probably anything from people you're dealing with contract stuff, uh, certain skills, who to work with, who not to work with, just anything that they, they, that other players that are not not black and have a higher level participation, higher level, higher number of people to go to, they're going to have that. Um, whereas a lot of people, a lot of black kids in the black community just haven't had that that ability to have a face that look like theirs that can can relate to them, come from their their perspective, um, really help to push them in the right direction. So, you know, I. Absolutely amazing group. Um, I think, like I said, they're going to they, they, they not only promote getting into sports, they promote, um, you know, doing well in the classroom, using baseball as a way to get to college, get education get a better life for yourself in general. And then, of course, if you have that talent level to get to the big leagues, it, they, they're helping you to kind of navigate your way throughout. So I think this is, to me, um, one of the ones that's going to make the biggest impact in sport over the over the coming years, especially with that 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 dollar value they're getting. And they've already donated to, like I said, it was forty one plus million dollars to a lot of great organizations out there with the same mission. So I'm really excited about this group. So what else is out there? What, what rounds that out? There's MLB Youth Academies, which they've been around for, for quite a while. They currently have uh, a few a few locations throughout the country. I think it's about eight or nine. So we have one in um, Compton, California, which is the first one they started. Uh, original location, uh, I believe it was uh, late 2000s or two, two, early 2000, around 2008. Um, and and what, they, what do they have these places? They're... they're after school programs, week long clinics that can accommodate accommodate 200 uh, youth per day, as, as well as month long clinics um, over the course of the first year of operation. The specific one in, in Compton, the academy expected to offer the free programs up to 2,500 youth, which is absolutely amazing. And who are some of the players that have come out of these these academies? This is specifically one in um, Compton is you know, Anthony Ghost Goose. I'm sorry, my bad if I pronounce his name wrong. I'm not 100 sure how to say that. Um, <laughs> Trayvon Robinson, Aaron Hicks. Efren Navarro, J.P. Crawford, who I've talked about quite a bit recently, who's having the best season of the career, uh, Dominic, Dominic Smith, um, Dylan Tate, 
and Hunter Green, uh, the the guy that um, coming coming in for the Reds uh, out of Los Angeles, that he broke the record for most pitches over 100 miles an hour in his second start, I believe it was of his career, which is amazing. They also have locations um, in New Orleans, and some of these are associated with the city, uh, some are associated with the team. So there's a clinic, um, there, there's a youth center associated with the Houston Astros, Kansas City is there, the city as well. The Philadelphia Phillies have a location. Texas Rangers, Washington Nationals. There's actually one in Puerto Rico as well. And there's additional cities they're looking at, such as Cleveland, Ohio, Detroit, Florida, somewhere in Florida near Miami and San Francisco. So, you know, these are great places where it's it's free. You get uh, amazing equipment, quality facilities. And I think something where you don't get where you're, you're in the just regular, the regular youth leagues where a lot of the coaches are volunteers. They can't they're not necessarily trained professionals. Everyone here that's teaching these kids are trained professionals, which is that's great because you really get people to push you in the right direction, help you to fix small things that other folks would have noticed if they're not, not doing this on a day-to-day basis. And it, it is something that helps and they need to do more of this uh, throughout the country. A specific event that's popped up recently in, in Vero Beach, Florida at the uh, Jackie Robinson um, training complex is the Hank Aaron Invitational. It's an invite only event where they, through various organizations like the uh, youth facilities is the RBI program. I'll talk about in a little bit through uh, baseball players association, um, USA baseball. They invite 250 players age 13 to 18 to, to this, this clinic where they, they get elite level training from former major league baseball players, people that have been there, been like Ken Griffey, uh, Dave Winfield, Tom Flash, Gordon, Eric Davis. One of, one of, one of my favorites when I was younger, Marquise Grissom, Lionel DeShields, you know, my random favorite Dodger from the 90s. People like that, that super high level that I'm sure the kids' eyes are just wide open just listening to these guys and and getting that great motivation, that great push to to succeed and, you know, just the confidence that that they can do this and, and the training for it. And of these 250 players, there's 44 players in the second week that get to play at the ballpark where the Atlanta Braves play as part of Hank Aaron Week. You know, and that's just amazing, be able to play in a major league ballpark you know, and they're having this once a year for a couple weeks a year. And I think that's, you know, amazing. I, I want them to have more events like that where you're, you're bringing the best of the best together, where you have things like in the AAU with basketball, where these, these guys know each other, they can support each other growing up, getting something like that in baseball. Like I said, where there's a lot of travel leagues that not all these kids are necessarily going to be able to participate in. So if you can get more of these free events, these supported events that get these people all together and these kids all together in one place, that's amazing. And then one of the other ones that that stands out is it's called RBI Baseball, Reviving Baseball in Inner Cities. That's been around for quite a long time, since the uh, late 80s, late 1989 is when it was founded. The, the goal of this program is to increase participation and interest of baseball and softball among underserved youth. One of the main goals of Talks of this podcast, obviously, promote greater inclusion of uh, the youth with diverse backgrounds, increase the number of talented athletes prepared to play college and professionally, encourage academic achievement and teach the value of teamwork. You know, all, all amazing things. It's in its 33rd year of uh, operation at this point. There, there, it was a local program started in South Central LA, and now it's in more than 200 cities and as, as many as 150,000 male and female athletes participating each year, which is you know, absolutely great. And they, they, they started off focused on uh, kids a little bit older, but they also added a younger age group. So the five to 12, uh, as opposed to just the 13 to, to 18. So it kind of, it helps to feed them to that older group, uh, which is great. Started by um, John, John Young, a former major league baseball player and scout back, like I said, in the late nineties, late, late eighties, sorry. And it's, it's something that continues to expand. And some of the players that alumni of this program, a, a lot of another great CC Sabathia, I've talked about a zillion times, Jimmy Rollins, who was an amazing baseball player, 
in the 90s for the Phillies. Uh, Coco Crisp, James Loney, Carl Crawford, B.J. Upton, Justin Upton, Upton Brothers, uh, Julio Brown, Efren Navarro, um, J.P. Crawford again, who's involved in this as well, which is great to see, you know, mo- multiple names that are that are taking advantage of multiple programs, et cetera. So, you know, it's, it's, it's something great that's been around there for quite a long time. And we, we need more stuff like this to 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 really help to fight this cause. You really not only uh, more black athletes involved in baseball growing up through the through the professional end of the in the major league baseball, but also get more black phantom, you know, supporting your family members, seeing more faces like yourself making the sport cool again. So anything like that to me is, is, is absolutely amazing. And those are, those are some of the organizations that really stand out. And I'm sure there's others out there that I'm missing on a smaller scale, but we definitely want to get to those as we, as we dig into it. And, you know, one, one topic I just wanted to, to close out on, I'll dig in this a little, we'll probably talk about it a little bit more next week when uh, Ryan and Larry um, are, are back on the show from their, their previous obligations. It's a topic of milestones in baseball disappearing, becoming a thing of the past. And, and what do I mean by that? You know, Miguel Cabrera last week became the seventh player in Major League Baseball history to hit 500 home runs and get 3,000 hits. And I talked about the struggle of people getting to that, that mark ever again, getting to the 3,000 mark alone or getting to the 500 mark alone even. Giancarlo Stanton got to 350 home runs this past week. You know, and it, it's probably going to be really hard for him get to, to get to 500. Clayton Kershaw, like I said, broke the the all time strikeout record for the Dodgers. Been in the team for a long time, like you know, I think it was fifteen to twenty years. And those have been things that people have have watched and chased after in baseball. There've been great moments, you know, when Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa during the steroid era were chasing the home run single season home run record. When Barry Bonds was, you know, breaking that and chasing the all time home run record. You know, those have always been things. They're hitting like sixty homers in a year, like cer- certain marks, getting three thousand hits. You know, these all have been things that people have chased and, and, and have been able to get to in the past. But because of how baseball is played at the moment, um, because of analytics kind of really, really changing the way that um, people play defense, uh, it coming down to either, you know, strikeouts, a lot of strikeouts, home runs, ball not being in play, how things are structured where people move around teams a lot. Like a Clayton Kershaw being with the Dodgers for 15 to 20 years, you know, the same thing as Kobe Bryant being with the, the Lakers for 20 years. Things like that just aren't happening anymore. So, if, if those aren't things that baseball has anymore to kind of build excitement around to an extent or don't understand what these milestones could be in the modern, in the modern age and modern day. But if those aren't there, what, what are the things that people are going to get excited about? What are they going to package? What are they going to sell going forward? You know, I, 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 I want to dig into this topic a little bit next week, but just wanted to tease it out a little bit because it's something I've been, I've been thinking about. I read an article about, it. I was like, oh, that's, that's, that's true. I, you know, I've always been excited about the specific records associated with baseball and you know, that that's if that's going to go away now, it's like, what do you what, what's the goal of the career? Is it just, you know, to get to Hall of Fame? And what, what does a Hall of Famer look like now versus 10, 15, 20 years in the past? So um, we'll talk about that next week. You know, I appreciate the time today. Uh, it's been it's been interesting to do this on my own. First time I've done this on my own. Um, tripped on myself a little bit, but enjoying it. This is kind of a little bit of therapy for me to be able to do this each week. Definitely better to have the homies around to kind of talk to. But love this topic. Um Love this podcast. Uh, ready, ready to push this thing out. Uh, appreciate you joining with me today. You know, like as usual, if you, you like the podcast, subscribe, follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. I'm out. Talk to you next week.